1: No
2: joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm going to make sure it's broke. When I'm going, no one gets on. Because I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn. But think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. i got to use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see
1: me in deep concentration. Because I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if Welcome you want to I don't lie That's
2: right here on 104.9 The Horn. Not gonna lie, forgot how much this one jams right here. This still bangs to this day. Uh, midweek Movie Music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire takes songs from a particular soundtrack that inspired him um, based on the selections that are played. Hard, and I are supposed to gather clues and hence breadcrumbs that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. And today is Shaft. Shut your mouth. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. We're just yeah. talking about Shaft. We're just talking about Shaft. I did not. Man, this is all. I might have to go check out that Shaft soundtrack.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah
0: I'm wow. telling you,
2: there's some good stuff. There's a reason why it got picked. Okay? i
1: hold the microphone like a grudge.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that uh, honestly, those lyrics are still
1: hitting. Yeah. That's Ooh, how long I mean, you you're talking about what 20 some? years This was back when I was in high school, like 30 years, 30 some oh, years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, this was high school for me, dog.
2: Crazy, yeah, yeah, still banging. There you go. Ooh, uh, shout out to Raquel. Woo. All right, let's uh, got hard y'all hype. Let's get you to do. uh, the big news of the day. By the way, specs text line as well. You're the heartbeat to of this thing, so he, please hit us up. 512 337 3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter, hard at hardball hard. You Twitter Uh, my man Patrick Davis at it's Patrick Davis. To reach the area, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. The big news today um, is that there have been a lot of leaks, reports, and rumors associated with the 2024 SEC schedule release, which will be happening officially on a like made-for-tv primetime extravaganza, uh happening starting at six o'clock tonight. So whenever they start breaking news from the SEC schedule release, we'll relay that news to you. As soon as we can. But then tomorrow, of course, all the shows will be breaking it down um, in detail. But this is from Horns 24-7. Shout out to Chip Brown. I believe he's the one that had Seem the report. See, Yeah, Chip Brown's been busy, working hard, doing uh, doing some good work lately. So here's a report from Chip Brown over at Horns 24-7 that in Texas' first season in the SEC in 2024, the Longhorns will face—now remember, we get this— all right, this will become confirmed uh, in at six o'clock. But uh, based on his report, his sources, which are damn reliable, he says first season for Texas and SEC they will face historic rivals Texas A and M and Arkansas on the road. In addition to UT's annual Red River Showdown with Oklahoma, all right, mm-hmm. in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Um, also, they're going to play a home game against the current. Two-time, what may be at that time, three-time defending <laughs> national champion Georgia. That also is a part of uh, the report from Horns 24-7. It is also uh, thrown out there, don't forget, Texas already has non-conference games scheduled in 2024 at home against Colorado State and UTSA with a road game at Michigan. Put on your sh- your chin straps,
1: folks. You, you better buckle up. School,
2: right? <laughs> so you will be on the road at Michigan I don't know. I mean, I don't know about this UTSA game. I'm assuming a UTSA game is still on there. And by the way, Jeff Traylor ain't no punk. <laughs> so we are, and they they they're changing uh, conferences too, right? And UTSA yeah. uh, upgrading too as well. And they uh won back to back champions of their current conference. Uh, so on that schedule, based on this report from Horns Twenty Four Seven, my man Chip Brown, it he's saying that you're gonna have Georgia at home. Um, you on the your road games are going to include Texas a and Arkansas and Michigan and away from home. I guess neutral site. That's Oklahoma. So, yeah, man, it it will easily be, if not, I don't know if you can prove this uh, and quantify it somehow, but it'll probably be the toughest stretch of games uh, and the toughest schedule for games that Texas had in the modern era of college football. Now, you could argue maybe that 2008 schedule because it was loaded would everybody the big 12 had like six seven ranked teams at the time mm-hmm. texas played i want to say that year maybe f- sixth ranked team, maybe half the teams they played were ranked teams. it was, it was a lot of ranked teams i'd go back and look at to make sure um but you know maybe that was around the time texas played a lot of uh really tough teams in a tough stretch uh but this is going to be a treacherous track hard. uh but shout out to the aggies aggies you got your wish. You got the when the rekindling of the rivalry will take place in Aggieland. Remember, guys, I told you, just give it to them. Nobody else cared. Only the Aggies cared. If you took, I that, wanted
1: to see them suffer.
2: I know, but you took that away from the Aggies. Could you imagine how much they were going to whine and cry over it? And I'm not, like, knocking the Aggies. I'm an Aggie sympathizer. But they believed that they were owed that home game. Who else cared? Texas didn't care. The SEC didn't care. All right? Uh, I don't think the Aggies are the only ones who care. So if they're the only ones who care, let them have it. I'm glad they got it. (laughs) It's, It's sweeter to beat them in Aggieland than it is to beat them in Austin anyway. So I'm all about it. I'm happy for the Aggies. You got your and whether it was something promised to you or whether it was something that the Aggies just kind of you know, made up and it came rooted in Aggie delusion, whatever it may be, they got it. They wanted it. They got it. I'm happy that the Aggies got the game.
1: Yeah, and 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 so are the Aggies. They yeah, are happy about heavy. it as well. So. For them to get what they wanted, it doesn't matter to me because of the fact you're going to end up having to play a tough schedule. That was what the purpose was for moving to the SEC. The best part about it for me is if you're a season ticket holder, you're excited about the t- the games that you're going to have. Number one, you got brand new blood that's going to be In this in this uh, stadium. So you're going to have some exciting games. It's going to be the unknown. Yes, you know about this team and that team, but the history that is going to be built moving forward is what we're looking at new adventures. New New adventures, adventures, and that's exactly what you're about to get. So to me, I'm excited about it. I didn't matter if they were going to be on the road or at home. I was just excited to see what the um, schedule is going to look like and how it's going to play out. After that, you got to play football, man.
2: Yeah, Texas 2008, you played four top ten teams they yeah, actually five top 11
1: teams, basically. <laughs> At that time, and you still went 12-1. Tw- and you still went, uh, 12 and, one. and they
2: still went 12-1. You still and went 12-1. Yeah, one. that's uh, – yeah, yeah, so I don't know if you're going to – yeah, so I take that back. It'll be one of the toughest schedules. It won't top that because that was yeah. a hellacious stretch, and Texas still ended up winning uh, 11 games that year. Uh, let's get back – Only loss was going back
1: to your conversation. <laughs> hey, it was it? I mean, that – You know, what was your heartbreaker? Oh, we know we'll get into that. That That's That's good stuff. We can't get into
2: that now, then we'll dive into it and roge around today because I want to dive into that. That's really good stuff. Uh, But getting back to schedule, Peter Burns of ESPN, in addition to Chip Brown's report, he is reporting that each SEC team will face either the Sooners or the Longhorns once on their upcoming schedule. So everybody, and remember Paul Feinbaum said, everybody's really excited about Texas. Everybody wants to play Texas. And I imagine it was probably the same for Oklahoma. Everybody wants to play Texas or Oklahoma on their schedule. It's really sexy. You're talking about two of the marquee brands and all the history of college football. So I'm glad that the SEC is going to abide and, and let Texas and Oklahoma, let everybody get a piece. Mm-hmm. Let everybody get a little piece. Of, everybody want a little piece of it. Let everybody get a little piece of Texas and Oklahoma. And, yeah, it'll give you a true taste of the SEC because uh, there is no question that the uh, the Sooners are going to have a tough stretch at one time, too. And I go back to some Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bulls brought up when he was on Chad and Zay. I thought it was a really uh, astute observation when he said there's no way they're going to give Texas even uh, something that can even be considered an <laughs> right. easy schedule. They right. can't. They can't do it. because The optics alone would just be Ooh, terrible yeah. if they gave Texas what can be considered an easy stretch or an easy schedule. So it was go- it was going to be a tough schedule, I think, based on that point. And we don't know, you know, obviously what's finalized, but just some of the leaks coming out just. It does hint because you also I don't think you're gonna play Bama that year because you're playing Bama back to back in 22 and 23, giving them home and away. So they probably will will stay will basically uh, put that on the back burner the Texas Alabama matchup. Because uh, they don't have division, don't have to worry about that. And you don't have to worry about your 3-6, you're in the 1-7 model. Uh, so you really don't have a lot of rivalries uh, that you have to uphold. You only got one for each team that has to be a main rivalry. And everything else right now can be rotated, one and 7-7 seven. Seven can be rotated. As you point out, Harsh. that's only going to last until 2025. Yep. And the, the commissioner of the SEC has already said they're going to revisit that issue. They'll probably add another game just for the money alone. And if they do add another SEC game, it'll be a three-six model. Three permanent annual opponents, rivals. Um, then your six rotating opponents. Yeah. So even if you are upset about the schedule, no need to freak out because it'll change. It's only going to be the, one time. You just got to wait yeah. and
1: see the next one.
2: Yeah, the format's going to change. It's going
1: it. to be regrouped and move on. So you just got to wait and see. But the fact of the matter is that is a very nice schedule for your initial. <clears throat> excuse me, your initial run. In the SEC, uh, season ticket holders should be very excited about it because now your tickets are going to be even more valuable because of Ooh. all the new teams yeah. and everything else that goes with it. So I would be excited about it. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's uh, and it's also something with Texas A&M, if you don't like the 1-7 sit- situation or the setup in case A&M's rival or main permanent opponent for the at least for the annual uh, opponent is someone they dislike or someone that they think is beneath them it won't last long and then when you get the three opponents as your main uh, permanent annual rivals then you won't have to worry about you know them ha- putting you or fixing you up with a rival that is beneath you and i think for the aggies that is one of their big concerns they want lsu as a rival Everybody wants to outkick their coverage with their rival. The truth is, Texas is outkicking its coverage with their with its rival because Oklahoma is a better football uh, program than Texas. Sorry, I mean, they just start.
1: That's what the numbers say. <laughs>
2: the numbers say the that. The numbers say But that. Uh, Oklahoma understands Texas is a sexier football program than they are. And ain't saying better, but sexier. The mm. brand is sexier. That's why the brand makes more money. All right. so in a sense, both are out kicking their coverages. They will both get that compliment when they go out. That oh man, this is your significant other. Whoa, y'all kicking your coverage. That's what everybody wants to hear. When you go out with your wife or significant other, you want somebody to say you're out kicking your coverage. Like you're damn right, you're damn right. That's I know what how to I pick do. Them. That's what I do. Exactly, that's, that's what, what I, I do. do. All right, it's a backhanded compliment. Saying. That's what I do. And everybody wants that situation with their rival. And the problem is LSU doesn't believe they're out kicking their coverage with A and M. I think mean, A and M believes they are. With yeah. LSU, and they go, hell yeah, I'm going to kick my coverage. Great. But nobody wants to think that they are, you know, uh, punching beneath their weight class, if you will, or nobody wants to believe that they are situated with a, or fixed up with a rival who is below their class. And right. that's the problem right there yeah for a yeah. and Because I don't know, for a and I don't know who they think is, like they believe Arkansas is probably beneath them as a football program. So, but Arkansas will be fine, I think, with AM as a rival. But I don't think AM will be fine with Arkansas as a rival. I think AM will be fine with LSU as a rival. I'm not sure LSU will be fine with AM as a rival. Do you yeah. want the reciprocation of, oh, yeah, the, the reciprocation of respect that, okay, yeah, you're worthy of being our rival? Texas and Oklahoma have that. That's why they went together. It's, all, yeah, like, no, no, already, it's we, already built in. We are, exactly. We are worthy of being each other's rival. Let's go.
0: Well, hand you, in hand. You want the game that if you win, it's great. And if you lose, you were supposed to lose anyway. And if you start playing a team that you feel is below you, then you're like, what do I get out of this every game? Every year I play them, I either lose and feel terrible because they've cost <laughs> us a season and and I'm going to lose my job, or if I win, I was supposed to beat them anyway because we're the better team. <laughs> and so you want somebody that every time you play them, it's like, oh man, we beat them. It's going to be big. Na- like, that'll be big. And Texas OU is great because the teams are so evenly matched so many years or, It went teams off, and you have enough history in it now Mm -hmm. that you're like, look, I get last year you were like they were down, had an injured quarterback. We're going to take it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because you've had us on those years too. No, you're right. But but you want that where it's like you don't constantly go into a matchup like there's zero positives coming out of this matchup. Normally, you got more to lose. All than we game. can do is lose.
2: Yep, more to lose than to gain, which is what happened with Texas yeah. and Texas. On right. Texas side, Texas right. had yeah. more to lose in that rivalry than to gain from it. It's like, well, what's the point of this thing? I, I think you get the nail on the head there, Patrick. That's basically what it's about. And I, you got to find that that balance, and that's gonna be tough. But the three six model, it's not tough at all. Because no. everybody basically gets, you get one that you're out kicking or your coverage with, you probably get one that you're punching beneath, beneath your weight class with, and you probably get one that uh, you're not sure. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe they could be on your level. So the 1-7 model is temporary. So I wouldn't freak out about it too much, Aggies, if you don't get what you want.
1: Well, remember, too, I I was in the camp of I wanted to see Texas play Arkansas. I wanted to see Texas play Texas A&M. And then whoever else you wanted to throw in there, I'm cool with. So we get to knock out two of them right away. But, again, as we've been talking about, it all changes right after that. Yeah, it does. You gotta you yeah. gotta re- reset again to see what's next.
2: Yeah, for the uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to play the Aggies, and I'm not gonna lie. I I was a guy that grew up in, in the, with the rivalry in the rivalry. Mac Brown used to always say, you know, we gotta beat two teams. Got to beat Oklahoma. Got to mm-hmm. beat ANM. And so I I'm like it's sexy. And by the way, give. Uh, props to Craig Way when the, when the divorce initially happened in creating the Texas Civil War between the Aggies and the Longhorns. Craig Way always said uh, they're just on the break like Ross and Rachel from France. <laughs> he was like, this is Ross and Rachel from France. They're on the break and they'll get back together just like they did on the TV show. And he was right. He said it will be like a, it'll be around a decade. It'll be a while. Yep. He said it'll be a little while. I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next, you know, two three years. It's going to be a little while because you got to let things cool down on both sides. But I remember that day that we got, you know, the news that a was indeed emancipating from the Big Twelve and headed to the SEC. And he said, ah. Uh, um, just like Ross and Rachel they're on yeah. the break. I do not even know he's a, he's a fan of the show Friends. He just got a new the reference. I was like that's a great reference. And turns out Fit Craig Wayne was right. Yep. He was right. Perfectly. He knew they were on the break and now the uh, the break is over. So I'm excited, man. It, and it's it's one of those things now for the Aggies. I've always said this about them. They have a little bit of um kind of program dysmorphia. They don't necessarily know what kind of program they are. They believe they're a Blue Blood, so they yep. spend money like one, generate money like one. They live in the same neighborhood as all the Blue Bloods. They play all the Blue Blood teams. They got a coach that a Blue Blood coach, would, uh, a Blue Blood program would have. They do. They walk mm-hmm. and they talk like a Blue Blood, except they're not necessarily one because they haven't proven it. They haven't done enough on the field, achieved enough on the field. But... They believe that they're on the precipice of doing. It. That's why they went to the SEC because they want to be in the same neighborhood as the Blue So I, that's why this is a really interesting, you know, uh, the the dichotomy and the breakdown between Texas and Texas a and because Texas a and left Texas so they wouldn't have to deal with Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now, I want hey, buddy, exactly what how their identity is affected now that Big Brother is now back into the picture. Remember the paranoia of a and and Texas fans, in my opinion, is founded in one stat. The paranoia mm. on both sides founded in one stat. That in the 118 uh, times in matchups they've played, 118 meetings, only uh, it's only been one, so it's 118 years, it's only been one year since the Aggies and Longhorns have been playing where they both had double-digit win seasons in the same season. One time? One time. So there's this belief mm. on both sides, a paranoia, that one success has to be at the expense of another right the success mm-hmm. of one must be at the failure of the other that you can't have both succeeding at the same time and i'm not saying that's wrong you know what it was it's going to be tougher now because you're in the same conference it was easier actually when you're not in the same conference you think about big dogs from blue bloods from the same state in the same conference that's usually tough but when you look at Florida, right, with Miami and Florida State and Florida, they all had their reign because they were in different conferences, Mm -hmm. but in the same state. And, you know, I think for, for Texas, maybe that would be possible for Texas. But now you're in the same conference, so it won't be possible. There is a belief that one of these programs cannot reach its zenith unless the other is in the gutter. (laughs) Nah. <laughs> or not doing, you know what I mean, or you know, at the expense of the other. And I don't think it's true, but I'll admit that is a crazy stat that they've only had double digit win seasons once since the entire time that they've been playing each other.
1: Right? That is that they is don't. crazy to me when you think about because they compete put it for the for, same resources right. in the same state, yep. so it's it makes some sense. But but I mean, this is a huge state. <laughs> it's a huge with a state. lot of talent, <laughs> with a lot of
2: resources. You know, done. with a
1: lot of resources. Now, but now you're battling so many different schools. It's not just you, too. There's other schools that yeah. are getting uh, mm-hmm. dri- diving deeper into the, the field to be able to grab some of these players and, and, and bring in another state like Louisiana. The Alabamas mm-hmm. are coming in to get your resources as well. So now you're really competing against yourself, another school, and then the other conference. And True. now you're going to the SEC where now the, I think the sales should be a lot easier. For every school now. Yes. Because the competition now, it's like, hey, you're going to be in your state, we're going to be in the SEC now, where before Texas A&M, they were the only ones that could really push that narrative. Yeah. and, And give the Aggies props. Yep. They
2: were right about, you know, we should go to SEC, it'll help our brand. Yeah. Yep. And... Texas is, Texas is not about branding for Texas. It's about security and stability and mm-hmm. leadership and vision for the future. Uh, but still, the SEC ended up being the end result. <laughs> the answer to the question was, yeah. go to the SEC. And the Aggies did it first. I'll give them props for that. Okay, uh, speaking of the SEC, uh, we'll get into a conversation, a PSA of sorts for Longhorn fans heading to the SEC. Well, this must be stated and it must be understood, Longhorn fans. Uh, don't get your feelings hurt. But this is something that I must, um, I must explain and break down for Longhorn fans because it is an inevitability once you hit the SEC. Also, uh, Bob Baloo proposed an interesting question about the Texas baseball loss over the weekend to Stanford. We'll pro- uh, propose the same question to you guys on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie,
1: I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore
2: Find out what happens when people stop being polite And start getting real
3: You ain't keeping it real oh my god, okay, it's happening Everybody stay calm No, oh, you've what's done it now It's time
1: for Rod's oh. rant of the day Hold on to your butts
2: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to get to Rod's Ramp the Day. Uh, I have a couple of subjects I want to hit, but here's the quick PSA before we get to the discussion uh, introduced by my man Bob Ballou over uh, over, uh, last night on his broadcast. Did a good job. Longwind fans, you're headed to the SEC next season. Obviously tonight, big night, because the SEC is going to do their schedule reveal for the 2024 season, and Longwind fans will get to see uh, what the Texas football season, uh, first season in the SEC will look like. One thing we do know, we don't know what the schedule's going to look like just yet. Got some, some little clues and hints and some leaks. But one thing we know for sure in terms of what the SEC is going to look like for Texas, there is going to be a ton of horns down more than you've ever seen in your life in your life because your most hated rivals who have all popularized this and spread it far and wide now now the uh the horns down is so prominent (laughs) that you'll see teams doing the horns down when texas is not even an opponent of theirs and it's going to get even worse in the sec why because you're playing all your hated rivals again they were doing it in, but they're going to do it even more. You're like, can they do it even more? Yes, they could do it even more. Ask all the Lone Horn fans who went to Arkansas for uh, that two years ago for that game and ask them, can they get even more belligerent and ignorant and abrasive and disrespectful with it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. There are all types of creative ways to disrespectfully do the orange down. So my point is this, don't let it get under your skin. Don't let it. And by the way, the SEC – Unlike the cupcake league of the Big 12, it will not be a penalty. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think the SEC is going to penalize teams for doing horns down in your face or taunting. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll deem it as taunting. Remember, it was a whole issue in the Big 12. All right, about whether doing the horns down. Oh, man, that could be considered really disrespectful. And it was a penalty to a point where even Longhorn fans decided to uh, really protest <laughs> and say it should not be a penalty. Let teams do the horns down. Let them do the horns down. Let them eat cake, all right? They should be able to do it as much as they want. So I'm just telling you, it's going to be out there. But here's my way of at least easing Longhorn fans into the thought process of the horns down should be considered a a compliment for Longhorn fans. It is a compliment. It is the greatest form of free media in college sports today. And it's not even close. Like I said, teams do it when they're not even playing Texas. So the truth is, I know it's going to feel like an insult to you, and you're going to see it more than you've ever seen it before. But it's not an insult. It's a compliment. All right? It's becoming basically college football's version of the middle finger. They just do it when they just, when, long, when, when fans, football fans, are just feeling crazy, they're feeling wild, they're feeling like they want to throw it back in your face, they'll just do the horns down. Like, well, you're not playing Texas. doesn't matter. That's beautiful though, because all the time, everybody on the planet knows what it means. Everybody, there's not one college football fan or just some random, uh, you know, novice. Who sees that sign and does not know what it means? And by the way, any kid who sees the sign, a uh, horns down and, and and doesn't know what it means, they ask their parents. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, let me tell you, they got these long horns, and we don't like them very much. And their symbol is a hookem symbol, and we do it upside down. And it just see break down a little longhorn history for the kid. Mm-hmm. Right, greatest form of free media there is out there. Uh, it, it reminds me of the, you know, honestly, I'm not getting political here, but one of the greatest wins uh for president trump prior to him winning the actual election was that he dominated the free media market got almost six billion dollars in free media during his election run and hillary clinton got on like 2.8 billion and it turns out end up helping him not only win the election but he spent a lot less money to do it because he was getting tons of free media if i was talking about him all the damn time yep. starbucks once claimed that they got And this is Starbucks, the CEO of their marketing department claims that they got $2.3 billion in free advertising after a coffee cup was left in a Game of Thrones scene unexpectedly during their last season. And it wasn't even a Starbucks cup. People just started calling it a Starbucks cup and referencing Starbucks because it was a coffee cup. And in our our country, we think coffee, we think Starbucks. They just make the connection. Mm -hmm. Same connection they make when someone does the horns down, they bring it right back. All right, that tracks right back to the Longhorns. So, to me, it's not an insult, but I promise you, you're going to see a ton of it. Don't let it get up under your skin. All right, and it, they probably won't call it a penalty. We don't want it to be called a penalty. All right, that's lame. <laughs> and, we, and it's nothing lame about the the hook em sign. And uh, the lamest part is that now some teams use it as their hand sign. They mm-hmm. don't have a hand sign, and they just do horns down as their hand sign, which, hey, I'm cool with that too, like I said. Free advertising. Free media. So don't let it get up under your skin. I know it it will for a lot of you because y'all take it personally. Hell, VY wants to punch a man in a strip club (laughs) because he did the horns down in the strip club. You know what? He he gained a lot of street cred for that because Longhorn fans have a lot of pride in that brand and in that sign, which has been around, what, since like 1955 or whatever it is. So I get it. But just know,
1: oh, it's going to be everywhere. It is going to be everywhere. Uh, matter
2: of fact, they're going to be putting it in like their promos. <laughs> oh, for sure. And the SEC will. You are going to put it in yeah. like their promos like that. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, VY, he might be still a little offended by it, but hey, that's VY, man. He's, he's in GOAT status. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's get to this story. Uh, it's actually a story. It's a report from my man, Bob Baloo. Bobby B. He does a great job for CBS Sports. Billy. Uh, yeah, the man is uh, he's a perfectionist because his hair is always in perfect form. And he also does a great job uh, with his reports, always doing something entertaining uh, and insightful. And, and don't uh,
1: text us with Tim Duncan jokes, either. And don't, I know y'all <laughs> like to do that. Don't do that to my man, Bobby B. Don't do that to Bobby B, man. He's good people. That's right. Uh,
2: last night, he had another great report. He was reflecting on Texas's Texas baseball's loss to Stanford after they lost the Pop Fly in the twilight. We've discussed it. Uh, we beat that dead horse to the ground. But he proposes a different question. Here's the actual report, and then we will discuss. Here's Bob Baloo.
3: All right, so today, every time I thought about last night, I just found myself staring in disbelief. That was such a stupid way for such a great series to end. Then I got to thinking, what are some of the most jaw-dropping losses this century for the Horn? Sure, Colt McCoy's injury was stunning in the moment, but it kind of stands alone in its own category. AC lost three to beat Texas in 06. Arizona in the four-second call, the 0-1 Big 12 title game, Kansas in 16, and Texas OU 20 and 21. All on the outside looking in, let's go to the top five. The moments that froze you. At number five, the stunned faces of Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman, Jace Feberson, Kyle Jones. After the 14th seeded Abilene Christian Wildcats pulled off the 53-52 first round upset of UT. Shaka Smart's final game at Texas. At number four, the stunned face of Nick Rose. Texas came from 21 down in the fourth. The Gerard Hurd game nearly tied things up with Cal, but Rose missed the extra point to thwart Texas' chances and a 45-44 loss. At number three, the stunned faces of Eric Kennedy and Dylan Campbell last night. Drew Bowser hit one a million miles in the air. No one could find it. Just an unbelievable way for UT's baseball season. And number two, the stunned faces of Eric Davis, Prince eBay, Cameron Ridley, in Shaka Smart's first NCAA tournament game. Northern Iowa's Paul Jesperson took dead aim at the basket and half-court heaved it as time expired. One of the great tourney shots ever, and I think you know where we're going for number one. The stunned faces of Colt McCoy and Mac Brown and Lubbock. It's forever too soon to talk about Graham Harrell's strike to Michael Crabtree to beat number 1 Texas, a play that ended the Horn's hopes for the national title.
2: All right, he went this century uh, with the most jaw-dropping, gut-wrenching, soul-crushing uh, defeats for Texas Athletics. Uh, and did he get it right, hard? He went to Texas national title, Colt McCoy getting hurt as his number one moment. Uh, number two, Texas basketball tournament lost to Northern Iowa. That one hurt. And number three, he went Texas baseballs lost to Stanford. The the pop fly they lost in the twilight.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the way he did it. Obviously, that, that Texas Tech game was the one, um, The V I mean, not the V-Y, but the Bama Colt game. That was number is, one for him. Is something else. Would but, you put
2: something else in the top five for him in this, I would put,
1: this century? I would put your title game in there. Your Big 12 championship.
2: He yeah he actually had that as one of his honorable mentions. That's uh, what I'm saying. But Colorado, I would put it in there. Texas Colorado 2001. Yeah. It was that, guys. I'm serious. That should be in the
1: top five. It was crazy. Uh, we, we just yeah. beat that team by like almost 30 points earlier that year. Exactly. And we in everything that could go wrong went wrong in that game for y'all. Chris Sims had his worst game arguably as a Longhorn. Said B got his stinger trying to make a tackle. No, he said no. no this is even worse. He than ran that. into his he own guy. He ran into Mike Williams. Our two first round picks <laughs> ran into each other. Huge different
2: Ran into each other and knocked each other out of the exactly. game. Exactly. So you lost one you of your starting offensive linemen who was a first-round pick. You lost your starting running back, who, yep. by the way, was the reason that you had went on that run that exactly. season. All right, because Matt Mac Brown. decided
1: to play him. Finally decided to play him. <laughs> yep. They
2: knock each other out of the game yep. in the midst of Chris Sims having his worst game probably as a Longhorn. I can't even remember. Was it three interceptions? Yeah, it was and just a awful. I
1: mean, it's, four it's something total to turnovers? forget. It's definitely something to forget. And two of them returned so, for touchdowns, yeah. or something like that? It was probably it was, the worst game ooh, that I've it, ever and, seen. And
2: Mac Brown told us before the game, that basically, that if we won the game, we got a chance to play in a national title. Mm-hmm. Remember, before that, it had already been decided that Miami was going to the national title, and I believe we'd have played Miami in the national yeah. title if we'd have won that game. Yeah. And yeah. I think telling the Longhorns that, telling us that beforehand, it had it had a different effect. On, on on the players not It had a positive effect on some guys I think I, it helped me I was ready to play I was like This yep. is what I've been waiting on I want to play for a championship
1: That's why you he came gonna, here
2: oh, Man Rod B You don't get the best of Rod B And I got a yep. pick six in the game I was ready yep. to play He was ready um, I don't think it had that same effect On my boy Sims I think he put too much pressure on himself And then <sighs> That pressure caused him to implode <sighs> Um. But he didn't put He didn't put Texas Tech on there He did not He didn't put the Crabtree game on there I thought Crabtree game five. was on there I thought there. he put
0: that number one Hmm? That was I thought he put that number one on him or uh, Lou did. No, he had the Cole McCoy, uh, champion national championship. Well, he game.
1: said he, he said no. He said the, the Crabtree play that took you out took them out of the national championship. game. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the Cole McCoy national championship game on there. No, he didn't have that as his number one. Oh, then that's terrible. Yeah.
0: No, because I think that one wasn't that wasn't at the end of the game. That was in the middle of the game, and all these other ones were at the end of the game. Uh that's true. So but everything still- else was a heartbreaking. Okay, this at game's over now. At the
2: end of the game. Okay. That the, one was first half. was. Okay, I yeah, got you on that. that, that. That's that, true.
0: That Hail
1: Mary shot by Northern Iowa crushed me. That was. That was a terrible, terrible play yeah. because you sit there and you look at that team and you're like, did that really just happen? But for me, it's the Colt McCoy, Texas Tech, and then the um, half court shot. Yeah. The that that shot game right there, I'm still trying to process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was brutal. No, you're right about that. Um, That's the one I'm still trying to process. But I believe that your game against Colorado should have been in the top five because – that had so many more implications in it. Yeah, but that wasn't, it.
2: That wasn't an end-of-game gut-wrenching either, though. Like, that wasn't an end-of-game. That happened throughout the game. Like, said, B getting injured. Mike Williams getting injured. Yeah. In, uh, all the interceptions. But that, was that, but that was when you Rod were B almost returned, coming back. Rod B returning the pick six. I'm saying, and then the PGC. Yeah. It was a it, it was a lot. There was a lot of different elements to it. It wasn't just one big thing happening at the end of the game that was yeah. gut-wrenching.
0: Yeah. Like,
2: I want to say that game was decided because I was on the field thinking, we're going to lose this game. Because uh. I remember thinking to myself, we're going to lose this game. After PGZ ran into the kicker. Supposed to get the ball back from AJ White, He didn't. So I don't know if that could apply either because it wasn't last minute. That's why I think if you're going to just throw it, if if that's the definition, then national title game with Cole McCoy Mm. is easily the most heartbreaking one for Texas fans. He's not even close. <sighs>
1: yeah, but that happened early in the game too. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, if you just yeah. talk about
2: heartbreaking losses overall, yeah. I, I think you just say to hell with the last minute stuff. Just say most heartbreaking losses. That was the most heartbreaking <laughs> loss because Longhorn fans thought they had a chance to win. And I can tell you right now, hanging around Mac Brown at the time, Ooh. never seen him more cocky, never seen him more arrogant. He knew he was going to beat Nick Saban. And back then, think about it, Nick Saban ain't what Nick Saban is today. That was the beginning. Of his dynastic run to become the GOAT. He wasn't the GOAT just yet, and Mac was gonna put it on him. Yeah, Mac, Mac knew they were gonna spank him, and I gotta tell you, and by the way, now we know how multiple uh, quarterbacks from Bama have said the same thing. We would have lost that game. Texas <laughs> would have, lost, have, lost, have <laughs> won that game. So anyway, yeah. uh, but no, that's a good, good conversation though, and good topic there by Bob Blue. I'll throw that out there too. And also, honestly, just thinking about it, 20, 2019 lost to LSU. Now looking back in mm. retrospect, Retrospecting, won the national title, and you were third and 17. Oh, Lord, third and 17. Third and 17. 17. Uh, third and
1: 17.
2: Uh, All-out yeah. blitz. Zero blitz.
1: Oh, that would hurt. I was on the field mm. at that time, too. You should have hacked that one. Uh, you should have hacked like, that one. How's he going to get this? He got the ball there. Bro, honestly, 2021 Texas OU. Ah. Uh, how
2: that? That was a that was oh, the biggest yes, that yes, was the biggest yes. collapse in Texas football history. Texas has never allowed an opponent to come back yes. down that much and come back to win a game. Biggest meltdown collapse in Texas football history, and mm, it was in Sark's mm, first mm. year. Allowed Lincoln Riley to come back and do it against Oklahoma. How's uh, that not in there? Because you were in the game to the end. Because it took them hell. It took them three quarters to come back. They being down with four touchdowns.
1: Sam, how's that not in there? Sam making it do. Uh, you're right. What About the four overtime game that Sam Ellinger should have won, yep, yep. that would have probably saved Tom Herman's job. I mean, Tom a- Herman
2: beats Oklahoma that year. Nobody cares about that that photo because that photo <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. Sam Ellinger out there with the eyes of Texas by his damn self never comes out. Yep, it never comes. It never surfaces because everybody's out there seeing the eyes of Texas, lo- loving on Sam, wow. but he doesn't. And then we know the rest is history. Ooh, oh man, I can go on and on. You can go forever on this. Don't do it. <laughs> do <laughs> <No>, do <no. laughs> We can go forever on. It really good. All right. Uh, Enough heartbreak. Let's get to the break. We'll come right back. This is ball. Don't Lie. I want to put another horn.
1: Generation after generation Handle business without hesitating yeah. Say the work on change But I'm still waiting I done ran out But I'm still patient oh. Who is the man? Yeah, with the band? Yeah, with the plans Yeah, Whoa. Who they gonna call
2: when
0: they come in to bam you? Yeah. Chef! Too much chef coming through the. Hey.
2: Wow. On, chef, through the. This is the. Like, if this was title specific to the yeah, movie? This was for the movie. Oh. Man. It's a swing and a miss on this one. This is a swing and a miss on this, yeah, this, one. Miss on this wow. one. Wow. Like, you but it's like, But it's, you
0: need to hear it because, wow.
2: Yeah, you can, like, throw your shoulder out swinging and missing this bad. Like, this <laughs> is.
0: Woo. It, it might t- have to have surgery this is on the 60 day deal I know you know he
2: played it for like some uh, white corporate execs and they were like this is awesome and they were like can we tell them that it's terrible like <laughs> I think that's how all of it sounds
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
2: no you can tell them. it's terrible yeah the original Awful. was way better uh, we apologize uh, for the, for those out there listening because uh, we went through some of the most heartbreaking moments in Texas athletics history blame Bob Baloo because he had a great segment last night uh, on CBS Sports that really uh, got, the, got the juices flowing and got the conversation started. And by the way, Bob Blue did say, uh, although 2008 was his number one choice, For the most heartbreaking moments in this century for Texas athletics, he did point out that Cole McCoy kind of deserves his own category for that national title game. Exactly, I agree with that. Amen to that, brother. Uh, Texture says, "Sorry, I got to turn y'all off. My heart is broken again." (laughs) Yeah, I feel that too. Uh, Another texture here uh, says, "The entire 2021 season could have belonged on that list." That is true. Uh, He's right. That 2021 season was
1: uh, was, pretty hard. It was rough.
2: All right, yeah. Someone says Rod it took me months to get over that CU loss. As a matter of fact, I'm still uh, posted and mad. You brought it up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I oh sorry, you mean pissed in mad? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. I will I apologize. I like I said, it was a just a temporary little conversation there we are having. We're not gonna bring it up again. Shout out to Bob Blue for having a great segment there uh, on CBS Sports. Um, so this is Blake effing Gideon. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. So leave, leave him alone. Leave that man alone. Leave him alone. Are we going to blame Blake Gideon? That's Can't all, do it. Okay, can I just throw this out there? can do it. This bothers me a little bit. Y'all blame Blake Gideon for dropping the pick. And yes, I love me some Blake Gideon, number one, because he wears number 21. There it uh, is. Also a member of DBU like myself. Hello. And also, I got bad hands, too. So I dropped a lot uh, of so I got to up for somebody that's with bad partner. hands, no doubt. Yeah. Y'all don't ever get on Earl Thomas. For that angle that he took? For Earl Thomas. And I believe it was, Was it? it? I'm trying to think of what other DB was. It was, was it uh, Curtis? Curtis Brown. It was Curtis Brown. Yeah, it was. Curtis Brown and Earl Thomas both double-teaming Michael Crabtree. chap called a brilliant defensive play. He double-teamed Michael Crabtree, which makes perfect sense. Two NFL DBs double-teaming Crabtree, mm-hmm. and he still not only catches the ball, but is able to tightrope the sideline. They could even push him out of bounds or tackle him. And y'all mad at the other DB that dropped the pick? <laughs> you mad at the wrong DBs, guys. Because it wouldn't have got there. Hell, it wouldn't have happened if he Come catches on. that. But there's never critique that they never criticize the other DBs. I'm like, hey, Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I got to tell you, you ask me which one is the most more unforgivable of these the, the eras, it is easily Earl Thomas and Curtis Brown. They were double-teaming them. Very fair. One guy takes outside leverage, one takes takes inside leverage. You both are great players. Very NFL fair. players A double-team one guy. And you let him not only catch the ball, but tightrope the sideline with a little time. Like, what, what are we doing?
1: I cannot disagree with my man. Just said. and you
2: guys are mad at Blake Gideon for being human mm. and dropping a ball. Good mm. lord, get it together!
1: I can't be sure? mad at my guy. We're not
2: talking about reverse racism here. And we just don't like white safeties. <laughs> I know y'all don't like them. I know we're talking about Jeff Heath, or we're talking about Blake Gideon. Dylan I know Haines. y'all, do- Dylan Haynes, y'all don't like white safeties. And there's a little bit of that in there. So watch yourself. Watch <laughs> the accidental racism.
1: D- D- Dylan Haynes. He's the one. Man, He's the one.
2: I'm, sorry, I'm just tired of the Blake Gideon, like, you know, hatred out there.
1: I think they were over it now until we'd had this conversation. So I it Nobody up. Would have It's died. my
0: fault. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Okay. I apologize then. Let's see. Right, we're uh, done. Bob, blame Bob Baloo.
2: Bobby B. Bobby B. is his fault. So send in no. your Tim Duncan jokes because it's <laughs> Somebody fault. Somebody did already.
0: <laughs> Somebody already hit him no, up with
2: it. Thanks, the- thanks to Bob for that great segment. All right. Um, he ignited a fire within all of us. <laughs> Okay, let's get to, actually, I believe we are uh, We're up against it. We are right now getting ready for the SCC schedule release extravaganza. We come back. Hopefully, we'll have details about the future of Texas football. It'll be much better than the recent history of Texas football. Come on, Right now. here on Ball Don't on Howl, The Horn.